0: Welcome to OAC Vancouver's podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that Jesus is needed and relevant for people in Vancouver today. The message of God's love and promise of wholeness was destined to be experienced within a faith community that worships, studies scripture, and prays together. We warmly welcome you to journey with us towards greater connection, purpose, and peace. We'll be sharing our recorded services and conversations with health and wellness experts. Enjoy.
1: Well, today we are continuing um, a teaching series for the summer called I Heart Van Art. And I want to introduce you to um, this sculpture. Is that familiar to any of you to recognize this artwork? This is a life-size bronze sculpture that functions, according to the artist's statement, like a deconstructed public clock, adorned all over his body and his suitcase and on his jacket are 720 watch faces, each showing every possible minute within the 12 hour analog clock. Now he is always got the correct time, but he's also very out of sync. Um, this shot is for my mom, because if you look at the detail of his breast coat, you'll see the little crane sewing scissors also hanging there. This piece is actually an homage. It was commissioned by TransLink and it pays homage to the idea that actually rail travel, railways connecting towns and cities and standardized time have a shared history. In fact, before we called it standardized time, people were calling it railway time because the towns and villages would just, they'd have clocks, but they would set them Mm -hmm. according to the wisdom of the mayor or uh, the church priest. And so either town hall or the church would have the community clock that everyone else would set time by. But when we started to interconnect our communities and our lives through train travel, they had to synchronize the time and the train schedules. So you will find this um, artwork right outside of the main street Skytrain station. And it's also connected to the Pacific central via rail station. You know, the purpose of this summer series in, in a, appreciating Vancouver artworks is to highlight the cultural context we find ourselves in, but also to appreciate these artists and encourage you to view public art as an opportunity for spiritual reflection and dialogue. So when I view this watch seller, I can't help but think about our broken relationship with time. There's also been recently circulating this viral TikTok. I mean, it's short, but very punchy in which Ed Milet who's a, a successful entrepreneur shares his strategy for time management by compressing 21 workdays into seven. He uses three time zones from six to noon, from noon to six and six to midnight. He aims to accomplish and be as productive in each of those six hour zones as a normal person would be in a single day. And when you watch this video, You can tell this guy is intense. Another quote of his is saying that by setting up expectations and deadlines every six hours, he encourages this sense of urgency. And he said, the person who is in the biggest hurry through the day wins. Capital letters wins. And my reaction is really wins what? An early end to your life's battery? Sure, you have made your millions, but I think it's an illusion that they were self-made through sheer determination and hustle. This is a dangerous philosophy built on pride and ego. In the very words of Jesus, he asked, what does it really profit you if you gain the entire world, but forfeit your soul? James also speaks about time, saying that it is God who is Lord of time. We want to say today, tomorrow, we'll go here, we'll go there, we'll do this, we'll do that. But James reminds us we are vapor. We are carriers of God's breath, and it could leave us at any moment. Instead, James encourages the early Christians to adopt a philosophy, a mindset, And even a speech that says, if the Lord will it, if the Lord be so gracious, we will take that holiday to Hawaii. We will meet up with our family for reunion. We will travel here and we will travel there and we will do this and we will do that. And we will buy our house in five years. God willing, he's encouraging us to adopt this mindset to remind us of who the author and keeper of time actually is. You see, we have a clash of counsel when it comes to time management. We have what society says and we have what scripture says about success, and they vary quite wildly in what it looks like and how to find it, how to achieve it. Society will teach us to admire, even idolize, celebrity and make into celebrities. People who are productivity gurus, people who can teach us how to hack um, our life and our schedule and maximize our outputs and productivity. In fact, surgeons become celebrity surgeons by being able to reverse the cosmetic impact of time. So we have this unhealthy, broken relationship with time. And Romans 12, 2 says cautions us not to adopt this behavior and the philosophy and the pressure of the world the way it thinks about time but to let god transform the way we think about life and that includes time and schedules that includes transforming the way we think about success and effectiveness and productivity for Romans, um, in the in letter to Romans, he reminds us that God has a way, His ways, and they're not arbitrary, just to test us if we can jump through the right hoops and tick off the right boxes. He's encouraging us to trust and believe that God's ways are for our good, for our benefit, for our blessing. We have these clocks that measure hours, but these are a human construction. God is the originator and time setter and time keeper. We find that when we open our Bibles right to the beginning, Genesis chapter one, we can read that in the beginning, it was God who spirit hovered over the deep waters, over the void, over the darkness, and called out this idea of light to rule the day and darkness to rule the night. And this, in God's view, was a good plan. He establishes the days of the week, and he establishes the week by the blessing of the Sabbath. The prophet Jeremiah kind of reminds us by saying, when you look at nature, you can see that God has placed an internal clock, the ability to time keep, even within creatures, Jeremiah 8 verse 7 and 9 says the stork knows her appointed seasons, the dove, the swift, the thrush. They all observe the right time of their migration. They even know the destination without having been there before. And so if God can bless and bestow and equip these creature minds with a sense of time and direction, how are we to doubt that he would do the same for his precious children in fact scientists are understanding more and more about our natural ability to understand and keep time and flourish with certain time schedules and the flourishing of our human bodies the health and wellness of our human bodies function best when we are in sync with the natural cues of the passage of time this graphic is from the journal of biophotonics, and it shows that the inputs from our eyes are connected to the nerves that link to our brain, special brain cells, and they're doing everything about computing hormone release, a sense of fatigue or digestive juices or alertness, even dexterity and coordination based on the inputs of natural daylight. But the chart on the bottom is showing that research says The more we expose ourselves to artificial light, screen light, the more distorted and disrupted these natural systems of timekeeping become. Our hormones are released at the wrong time. And so we easily go past the natural point of falling asleep and then struggle with insomnia until just before daybreak. And then we crash hard. Anyone relate or just me? Okay. The clock has created this artificial time. It created for us this reason to stop listening to our bodies and start rising to alarms. I mean, just think of the word alarm. We used to wake up to birds singing the creator's praises, and now we have to wake up to what is alarming. (sighs) Where bodies are not yet done resting, and yet... We become programmed to respond to these artificial numbers. And so that has be, made us more machine-like and we, I feel have become less of the human beings that God created us for. We've become human doings as pastor Collins said, instead of human beings. Daniel borstin says, this was man's declaration of independence from the sun as he speaks about clocks and timepieces. Here is man's declaration of independence from the sun. This is new proof of our mastery over himself and surroundings. Only too late would it be revealed that he had accomplished this mastery by putting himself under the dominion of a machine and all its imperilous demands. Sounds oppressive, doesn't it? Thankfully, we have a god of liberation, one who wants to set us free from these oppressive constructs. Thomas Merton calls um, the time, current time, this rush and pressure of modern life, a pervasive form of contemporary violence. Indeed, when you think about it, when you feel rushed, when you feel pressured, when you feel like you just need more time or there's not enough time, what is that doing to our souls? What is that doing to our psyches? What is that doing to our faith and our spirituality? John Mark Comer says that hurry has become the death of prayer. Hurry has become the death of prayer. How many times do we feel like we have to wrap up the prayer because there's just time to do other things. I would say hurry has also become an enemy of love. How do you love somebody and invest somebody when you're rushed and distracted and and juggling all the pressures of time? So this is an opportunity for you to think, what are the goals you have related to time? When you think about the gift of time that's given, the days, the weeks, the unnumbered months. What are your goals when you think about the day ahead or your weekly calendar or your monthly calendar? Are they related to controlling time? Manipulating time? Are they related to what could be achieved and accomplished in this given set of time? Or maybe they're focused on self-indulgence. How can I use this time to have the most fun? How can I pack the most fun into these few hours that I'm here on holiday or that I have a break or some of us, the use or abuse of time is related to being the hero of time. We like to be the one to come to the rescue at just the right moment. And so time and priorities and choices are a matter of how I can show up for somebody and impress them at just the right time. What if our goals could be shifted instead of succumbing to the pressure of productivity that we would use time to pursue God's presence and peace. Surrendering every single opportune moment to God's guidance and direction and will For this minute, this hour, this day, this life, if you've ever been convicted that you could have spent the day's time a little more wisely, if you are starting to recognize that you might have an unhealthy or toxic or destructive relationship with time, then I have great news for you. If you are out of sync with God's ordained time, he's more than ready to perform a reset for you. He wants you to return to a life giving schedule. And one of my favorite verses is that God's mercies are new every morning. He builds that timeframe of the rising sun into his promise. Know that my mercies are new every morning. You can begin each day with a desire to walk with Jesus, but know that Jesus moves at an unhurried pace. We don't find anywhere in scripture where Jesus rushed or hurried. Even at the alert that his dear friend was dying, he took three days to make the journey and arrive. Jesus moves in divine, God-ordained time, and Jesus moves at the pace of grace. So when you're prepared to walk with Jesus, be prepared to take a breath and surrender to the pace of grace. But I do have three practical um, suggestions for you, practices to put into place as you're trying to um, adopt or... Find the benefits of divine time one is maintaining a margin in your schedule and God is invited to do that with him every week through the Sabbath but also that he set the time of day to begin in the evening with rest he could have said the day begins at sunrise up in Adam but this reflects the character the goodness of God that he said My children on your first day, just put your feet up, relax, drift off to sleep as the crickets chirp and as the waves, um, ripple on the waters, begin your day, resting and trusting recharge so that you can have the middle of your day, be that productive alert time. We see that not only in the Ten Commandments did Jesus ordain a Sabbath, a day off for everyone, even the animals, but he ensured that this could happen. He provides so we can practice the Sabbath well. We look at um, further in the story of, of Exodus and we see that as the children are wandering the wilderness, God's providing food for them in the form of manna, this this bread-like wafer that appears with the morning dew. And every morning it's faithfully there and it supplies their daily needs. But on Friday, they get a double portion so that they don't have to wake up and gather any food on Sabbath. Even the simplicity of just harvesting these wafers, these ready-to-eat wafers off the ground. God said, I I want you to take a break from that. And what that tells me is... Because the heat of the day would burn up and dissolve the manna, God is saying, I don't want you to get up extra early on the Sabbath. This is a day where you can anticipate. You get to sleep in. There's no need to hurry or rush. I'm providing for you your needs that day. God has has orchestrated. He's the architect of time that has built in margin. If only we would receive it and embrace it. The thing is, in his book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, Pastor John Mark Colmer says, "...the surprising thing as I began a Sabbath practice was that I realized to really enjoy the Sabbath day off, I had to slow down on the other six days." So it begins to be the foundation of how we manage the time through the rest of the week. Second point in realigning ourselves with divine time. Second practice is prioritize time building relationship with God and with key people. That might just be one key person for you, or it might be a different person each day of the week that you're committed to check in on, to have a conversation and a prayer with. It doesn't have to be a lot of people, but prioritize the relationships that matter most. Philippians 2 verse 3 says, Don't be selfish, trying to impress, be humble and don't look out for only our own interests, but take an interest in others. Use your time, steward your time to serve and support other people. We love each other with our time. Parents, you can best love your children with time, quality time and loving one another this way others will recognize the character of jesus within us others will see that we exist and use our time to be peacemakers bringing peace to other hurried and desperate and frantic and chaotic scenarios and thirdly i would say tithe your time just like we are called to tithe our profits and our talents why not think about tithing your time if you are awake for 15 hours of the day, 1.5 hours could be used in spiritual enrichment. Now 1.5, 90 minutes altogether might seem kind of daunting, but think about 20 minutes of reading a devotional in the morning of listening to a worship song while you get ready for work or drive the kids to school. Maybe it's just that midday walk in the park where you're silent and you're listening, God speak to me. And instead of one of those one hour Netflix shows at night, what if you trade it in for watching an episode of the chosen or listening to an inspirational podcast, by at least tithing our time, we're showing God that I acknowledge this time is a gift for you and I want to use at least a 10th of it to invest in our relationship, to grow deeper in my confidence and my spirituality we all have an infinite uh, timeline and in these human uh, a finite timeline in these human bodies but the amazing thing is that god has promised us an eternal timeline the psalmist says teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom and john 3:16 said god loved the world so much That he gave Jesus his one and only son so that whoever believes would not perish on the human scale timeline of 80 to 100 years, but would experience eternal life. To illustrate that, I have a rope here and some ribbon to help us imagine because, you know, eternity is like a very peculiar construct and concept to kind of wrap our feeble brains around. But I want you to imagine that this orange ribbon here is the timeline of Earth's history. And we're just gonna be generous and give it uh, 10,000 years since humans were walking the Earth. And I'm gonna pin it to my rope and hopefully you can see that there's these markers that I've put every 10 centimeters and that represents a thousand years. So we are almost at 10,000 years of human history on this rope. And we, in 2023, would be this little ribbon, barely a centimeter in width, if our lifespan is 100 years, 80 to 100 years. Adam got to live 900 years, but we're not so fortunate these days. We can move that time, that little piece of ribbon, to my timeline, and it sits there maybe in the 10,000th year of human history. There you are, there I am. And we have the choice when we trust our time, when we surrender our life to Jesus. That timeline can end at the blue ribbon, it could end at our 40 years, our 60 years, our 80 years, our 100 years, if you're very blessed. But this rope represents the timeline of eternity. This rope extends past the timeline of human history on this planet. And it goes out the sanctuary and imagine it wrapping itself around the building and then snaking itself through the streets of Vancouver and over the Camby Bridge and then over the Lions Gate Bridge, past Stanley Park, all the way to the North Shore until it disappears between the Twin Lion Mountains. We cannot fathom the eternal blessings and joy and experience. The teacher in Ecclesiastes says, God has given everything, a season, a place, a time, and he makes it good in his purpose. And he has placed eternity in our hearts. I think one of the things that enemy, the devil is doing is corrupting that desire To live eternally and making us think that we can do it ourselves with botox and plastic surgery and multi-million dollar investments he's trying to get us to think and deceive us that we can manipulate and control time for our benefit and our longevity and our legacy here but god says that's not so remember that i put eternity in your hearts because i want eternal life with you I want eternal life for you and not the life here. That's going to be succumbed to sickness, disease, debt, inflation, corruption, brokenness, pain, but a life everlasting. That's filled with joy and happiness and community with our creator and with each other. So today I invite you to think about your timeline and your choice to have it end where the ribbon ends or to extend forever and ever. Today, I put before you the choice, life here and now and life everlasting. Choose today, which timeline you want to live on, which time schedule you want to honor and respect, which, um, schedule that you will adopt and embrace, which practices you will
0: cultivate and steward with your hours, with your days, with your minutes. Thank you for listening to OAC Vancouver's podcast. Learn more at oacvancouver.ca. If you're in Vancouver, join us for worship Saturdays at 11 a.m. at 5350 Bailey Street. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. God bless you and have a wonderful day.